Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbiotica is your solution to great-tasting all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or artificial nonsense. It's just pure goodness in every pouch. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. That's C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A.com. How is it having Rafa back in the city just a couple of weeks after his incredible win? Do you think he's going to keep with that momentum? The same guys are here battling out. You know, Rafa is motivated as, as always uh, when he's practicing. And funny enough, he's one of the, of the very few Masters Southern that he's never won. If you can pick out of everything you mentioned, the Davis Cup captain, Fed Cup captain, TV, tournament director, what do you enjoy the most? I think being a player was a, was the most thrilling and exciting because you you work so hard in the shadow. People don't see what you're doing. You know, when you're home, when you're practicing four hours a day, and doing everything else, the TV or organizing the tournament, it's so much harder than being the player. <laughs> well, yeah, because you, I mean, you have to deal with a lot of more issues. When you're a player, all you have to think about is very selfish, actually. Um, so, yeah, okay, thank you so much for your time. Uh, first of all, I want to ask you how challenging is it to put uh, tournaments on uh, given all the circumstances that we are living in at the moment? Well, it, it, just like Roland Garros, it was very frustrating because until the last day when the president of, the, of, of France made his speech, we, we didn't know if the tournament was going to take place or not. Mm. Um, uh, the police uh, told us uh, months before that we would, have, we would be able, or three weeks before, to host the tournament with the southern spectators, just like in Roland Garros. You know, we thought, well, that's better than nothing, at least on television, you know, you hear people clapping. There's a bit of excitement. Yeah. And, and that relates, I think, pretty well. So when Mr. Macron said that, um, unfortunately, it was going to be a confinement again, we thought, oh, oh we, we probably are going to be canceled. Uh, 24 hours later, we had the OK from the police department that the tournament could take place uh, behind closed doors. So we felt, well, that's, that's better than nothing. And, and Surely the players felt that way and, and we got a lot of um, uh, nice words from the players when they actually arrived in Paris in the next days and the following days that, that 
you know, thank you for, for making the, the tournament available for us. Do you feel there is a different mentality for the players being now in the tournaments, appreciating everything much more and what you do for them? I think so. You know, what's funny is when, when you know, we, we moved Roland Garros early in the season without basically telling everyone because we felt some other tournaments might, might move as well towards uh, September and October. We got some criticism, which was normal. And uh, what's funny now is, and, and nice, you know, I've had players and, and people from other countries just telling us, hey, guys, you know, we were a bit maybe hard on yourself at the time, but looking back, it was the right move. And uh, congratulations on having Roland Garros because, uh, you know, besides Wimbledon, three of the majors took place this year. And uh, having a Master Thousand in Paris at the end of the year, you know, we did the best we could for, for the game, the promotion of the sport and for the players as well. How is it having Rafa back in the city just a couple of weeks after his incredible win? Do you think he's going to keep with that momentum? I don't know. You know, it's amazing. Uh, uh, so strange, first of all, to, to know that a few weeks ago we were outside in Roland Garros playing on the clay. Uh, now it seems, you know, where usually we have a few months to get ready for the Rolex Paris Masters. The same guys are here battling out. You know, Rafa is motivated as, as always uh, when he's practicing. And funny enough, he's one of the, of the very few Masters Thousand that he's never won. So I think he's in a quest and... and uh, Maybe for him, it's just an opportunity to you know, get one more uh, master thousand under his belt. Uh, he's sure he's very focused and uh, he trains very hard. And, um, you know, it'll be nice to see him on another surface uh, indoors where in the past he hasn't really been really, really successful, you know, compared to clay or outside uh, events. Uh, and the new generation like Tsitsipas and Zverev and, and Rublev and, and all those guys, you know, want to probably prove that now they, they are the ones who are going to work on their footsteps. On their footsteps. So uh, that's why I think the tournament could be very exciting again this year. Why do you think that is, that he hasn't really been able to be that successful indoor on a heart? Well, I mean, he's got to the final once, he's got the semis twice. Uh, it's always you know, difficult to, to criticize or to judge someone on his average results here when you compare how good he was on clay or on outside hard court or even on grass. I, I, I think Rafa has that ability to adapt to the difficult conditions, whether you play in Australia in the wind or you play in Roland Garros on the clay to slide and to adjust to the ball that's constantly moving. I think he's so good mentally that on the long term, he's always the kind of player who finds a way to win a match. Indoors, there's no sun, no wind, no bad bounce. You know, it's normally the match that's really short, best of three sets. Uh, you know, guys go at it, you know, and they take a lot more risks and, and that's rewarding sometimes. So he probably feels a bit more pressured when he plays indoors. He has less time to, 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 to impose his rhythm. And uh, probably that's, uh, that's why he... he uh, you know, he's losing to guys that have nothing to lose against him. He's a target. And um, although he's, he's played some good matches, he's lost a few against guys who probably play their best matches uh, uh, of their lives that day. Hey, I want to make this for a second about you, because I'm sure you are sick of talking about the tournament and other players. So I want to make you feel like a player again. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I want to ask you, what did help you when you retired from unbelievable 
tennis career to make the tr transition to do something else easier? Uh, well, I, I, I don't know. You know, I have found that I was always very lucky. I don't know if you have the same feeling, and Daniela, we, you know, we grew up uh, doing sports. It could have been ice hockey, could have been tennis, soccer, or, you know, our parents and family brothers were playing tennis, and my father was a tennis coach, so I, I played tennis, and I never thought I was going to, you know, make a living playing tennis when I was a kid growing up. Uh, at that time, you know, players were not making a lot of money playing tennis. And so when I played my first Roland Garros and had a wild card as a junior, I was 17. I was so excited just to be part of that unbelievable show uh, tournament. And, um, and that lasted for, for almost 15 years. And, and I always felt so grateful that even without having that in mind, I was able to, to, to be successful, although I never had, you know, uh, records close to Rafa or Novak or those guys, I would have dreamed of doing that, but I made a, 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 a good living and, and, and won a few tournaments, big tournaments uh, in my career. And it seemed like my whole life actually has been pretty fortunate because when I stopped, you know, Yannick Noah was a Davis Cup captain and the Fed Cup and he stopped and he said, hey, you should take this over. This is something you, you're gonna enjoy. And I thought, oh, okay, why not? And I tried and, and it, was very, it was very exciting. I learned a lot from, you know, working with, with girls and with, with guys and, and it was a great experience. And then I was doing TV at the same time. And, and I found that, you know, uh, once again, very um, uh, intellectually, very uh, interesting, you know, to, to, to have a different look and to uh, express, you know, your ideas about the game and, uh, and, uh, after that, you know, the Federation asked me, Guy, do you want to, would you like to be involved in the tournament in, 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 in Bercy, in the Rolex Paris Masters? And then a few years later in Roland Garros. And I, and I was always surrounded by my friends, tennis players, tennis coaches, and guys I'd worked with. Uh, and, um, you know, that's why I think I'm very, very lucky. And, and I still do that as of today. And the years go by, you know, it seems very, very quickly. So, you know, just being here to, talking with you today about, about that sport we all love, you know, is, is, uh, is wonderful. So um, uh, I guess I was not the worst at it, but I gave my best. Uh, and I hope that that would last for, 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 for another few years. If you can pick out of everything you mentioned, the Davis Cup captain, Fed Cup captain, TV, tournament director, what do you enjoy the most, if you can pick one? Or is different. I think being a player was a, was the most thrilling and exciting because you you work so hard in the shadow. People don't see what you're doing. You know when you're home, when you're practicing four hours a day, and and when you actually perform well during a a, a big match and you, and and you win, it's so rewarding. You know you you're so happy about yourself and you know what you've gone through. And, and because you, you're so stressed for such a long time, it's just a relief every time you win. Uh, I think I will never experience those kind of emotions again. But talking about emotions, when you know, Roland Garros happen and, and at, on the match point when Rafa wins or, or, or uh, Ashley Barty won or Sharapova won at the time, or, uh, we, we, we're so proud because as a team, you know, we, we managed to make this event successful. And it was, as you can imagine, it was a lot of tension, a lot of question marks, a lot of issues to deal with. And, and when finally everyone is happy, they had a great two weeks, you know, we knew we had something to do with it. So uh, 
being a player was probably the most exciting, but uh, the satisfaction you get out of completing a, a, a good task, I think is, is nice as well. Would you agree with me what I have experienced just the last couple of years that uh, doing everything else, the TV or organizing the tournaments, it's so much harder than being the player. <laughs> well, yeah, because you, I mean, you have to deal with a lot of more issues. When you're a player, all you have to think about is very selfish, actually. It's all about you. Yeah. It's, it's, it, when am I going to have breakfast or have my match at, at 12? So I should eat at 9.30 and warm up maybe. At, and, and then everyone gets ready for you. Get your rackets ready, your, your, your partner to warm up. And then you have your massage in the afternoon and you ride the bike. And then, oh, you know what? I'd like to eat maybe Italian in the evening. Oh, sure. You know, Daniela, let's go eat Italian. And basically you leave that for 15 years. <laughs> yep. And uh, okay, you stress before match, but uh yeah when it's all actually, about you huh? yeah yeah and uh uh but yeah i think getting older you're aware of that and and uh you know that's why you sometimes when you talk to younger kids you say you know enjoy it as much as you can because that's not going to last for a long time it's a great life you guys are living you make you know you can make a lot of money living your passion and and it's not that difficult uh, in terms of, of uh, intensity and in terms of concentration you know people go to work from eight in the morning to six in the evening every single day of their lives and they still do the best they can you know four hours a day on the court is not the end of the world <laughs> yeah totally so if you if you knew what you know now would you have done something different as a player, knowing how much it takes to organize tournaments and all of that? Uh, yes. Well, as a player, I would have done things differently. Uh, I'm sure probably the same with you. Um, uh, I think you, you lose time. I mean, the career is so short and you lose time because you don't know where to go, how to handle yourself. You have so many question marks. Am, am I good enough? Can I do this? Can I beat that girl? Should I play with that racket? Should I change strings? Should I go more to the net? Should I work on my grass court game? Should I maybe try this as a coach? Should I blah, blah, blah. And, and, and basically your whole career basically is, is you have to make choices, right? Yeah. And, uh, you know, looking back, I, I think I would, I would have done things a, a bit differently on some, on, on, on some parts of my game, on my preparation, uh, on my recovery as well, on my material. I think I would have mixed up strings. You know, I played with gut my whole career. And I think, you know, mixing gut with uh, polyester strings, I think is, is probably uh, something I should have done. Yeah. And I would have had, I'm sure, a much greater record in my career. But at the time, you know, uh, Stefan Edberg and Becker and those guys were playing with gut. So we thought, okay, gut is the way to go. Uh, and that's why when I talk to kids now and, and young players, I say, listen, if, if Federer and Djokovic are playing with mixed strings, you just, just do it. I mean, they were smart enough. They, they experienced everything. And, and, and that's... That's what you should be doing. So I think I would be a lot more curious about rackets, strings, uh, where to get ready and, you know, on, in different maybe academy or talking different people. And, uh, but, you know, it's so easy to say that now that it's over. Uh, but to actually pass that, that legacy to some younger players, if they want to, I think is, 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 uh, is nice because what do you do with your experience if you don't share it with someone else? You know, I, I, I feel sometimes being a tournament director is a bit um, frustrating because 
there's so much more that I know about being a professional player that goes to waste because I don't share it with anyone. And so uh, sometimes I talk to players and I said, French guys, or I said, well, hey, if one day you want to have dinner, call me up. I'll be happy to have dinner with you. It's not that I want to buy them dinner. It's just that I want to help them reach the potential quicker. And if I might tell them 20 things, maybe two of them will be useful to them. But, you know, you, you want to give it to them because otherwise, you know, what's, what's the use? And, uh, and we were players too. And sometimes we think we know everything and we just listen to your mom or your dad or that one coach. And you won't listen to any, anyone else, especially not, you know, 50-year-old past champions who probably think that they know everything which I don't, by the way. Well, I'm going to say right now that you should be doing something like this much more often because, like you said, it's such a gift, the experience we have, and, uh, yeah, we need to share it. So go out there and do something where you can share it. <laughs> well, you know, I, I did it with the girls, and it was a very ex uh, nice experience working with Amélie and, and Marie Pierce and, and all the girls from the Fed Cup because I, I, I didn't work with, with girls before. And, uh, you know, I enjoyed that a lot, although it was just maybe four weeks of the year, you know, getting together. But, um, but, you know, now being the tournament director on Roland Garros and Rolex Paris Masters is, is, is not that simple. But, you know, whenever I can, you know, I, I try to give a few tips there and there. And you know, we actually played against each other. You were the captain. I remember. When we played in Bratislava. Yeah. Exactly. Gosh, that was... I was in the summer. I remember it was in the summer. Yeah. And... That was, uh, that was fun. No, but it was, it was, you know, you know, once again, it's, I think the, uh, what's, very special about being on the team and we all very selfish is to actually share yeah. things together for a week and you can lose a match and your friend is winning her match and it puts the team back in the race yeah. and and, and um, to find ways to actually make the best possible team singles and doubles and and the crowd is so involved you know in what, wherever you play in any country of the world you play the crowd is really involved like more than in any other tournament and when you're part of that experience, I think it's wonderful. Mm -hmm. So when we, when we won, we were so excited sharing that emotion all together. When we lost, we took our flight back. We were all kind of depressed. But well, you know, we... I think you stayed that night. <laughs> you didn't go right away. <laughs> no, but I mean, uh, well, and, and sometimes you, know, you give your best and you, you lose. And well, you might as well go out and, and, and celebrate because yeah. you know, you're not going to hang yourself because you lost a tennis game. Yeah. Um... I know okay, how crazy busy you are, so I'm just going to ask you the very last question who I ask all my guests because the podcast is called The DNA. So it's really about the values that we have in ourselves. What do you believe that it's helping you to be where you are? Is it the discipline, the work ethic, or what did you get from tennis the most that you are using all your life? I think sports in general is a great way of, of teaching you how to be a, a better person. Mm -hmm. uh, you have to follow rules. You have to follow discipline. You have to take care of yourself mentally and physically. Um, you have to respect your opponents. Uh, you can't do that on your own. You need help and support from other people. You have to listen. Um, and, and, and in life, uh, if you uh, respect and you follow those golden rules, I would say, uh, in the end, you can be proud of yourself. And, and, and no matter if you rank number one in the world or number uh, 150 in the world, you can't only do your best. And, and, and whatever happens in the end, you have to accept it. You know, some people stop their career because they are injured and, and they can't keep on playing. 
some people like Mats Wielander, you know, won so many majors and he just had enough. He just didn't have the fire anymore and he, he did other things in his life and he seems to be very happy now, uh, but he reached his full potential. So uh, I think for that matter, tennis is a, is a great uh, university of, of life. And uh, as of today, I, you know, I, I try to sometimes remember and follow those, those golden rules. So, um, Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you, Thank so you much. Daniela. This was, yeah. Hi there. I hope you have enjoyed today's episode of the Real DNA podcast. Don't forget to subscribe either on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. <sighs> give yourself a delicious escape from the afternoon with the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies.